This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, I'm Rocky Kanaka, and this is An Animal Saved My Life. On today's episode, we're going to hear from Andrew, an Army veteran whose horse, Blystein, finally helped him feel safe after the trauma of war. Also, small note, we've been recording our interviews during the nationwide stay-at-home order, so there's some bumpy parts in the audio, but stick with us because, trust me, this story is worth hearing. All right, let's hear Andrew's story. My name is Andrew Kinchin. I'm 35 years old. I spent nine years of my life in the military in the U.S. Army as a cavalry scout. I did three year-long tours to Iraq. In that time of deployments, I lost guys from my platoon due to IEDs and explosions. I also was injured myself. Uh, I have been out of the military since July of 2015. Uh, Since then, I went through a rough part in life, went through a pretty harsh divorce, and didn't really know what I was going to do with myself. What the horse has done for me is that I never knew that being around Blystein with the emotional need and the physical, oh, I don't know how to explain this, the physical, what they can do for you. I didn't know how much that was going to feel good. And since day one of coming off the trailer, I have spent every single day with this horse. I've created a long-time bond. My first tour is nine months long, and my second two tours were 12 months long. When I came home from my first tour, like three days later, I had a daughter born, you know, and I wasn't there for any of it until I got home and all of a sudden, boom, I got a baby, a three-day-old baby. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with life. You know, I, I had nightmares. I would wake, I'd wake up and I'd, I'd sleepwalk and I was married, my first marriage I had like, that was a big problem of the marriage is because I was a different person. I was with her before I joined the military. And then she's like, you changed. Everything worried me, everything, the uh, daily life of if I'm gonna die at home or if I'm gonna, I'm, I know that I'm deploying and am I gonna die my first month there, my ninth month there, you know, like I don't, it's hard to think about that stuff. Um, especially when you're trying to be a father, trying to be a husband. So I've always been in the search of what's going to make me feel better for a period of time. I drank a lot of alcohol and that just like what I call crush the demons, you know, put them away. And you feel numb, but it's still there. I now am over a year sober. Like I've not drank, I've not taken any medications. All I've done is spent time with a horse and I'm dead serious. Andrew connected with horses after learning about New Freedom Farm in Buchanan, Virginia. They provide equine therapy to veterans who are dealing with PTSD, substance abuse, depression, and anxiety. 
So when I initially came out here, I, I came out here because I was on my wits end and I felt like committing suicide. And I just wanted my life to be over because I've had enough, you know, from financial despair and my broken marriage and the lies and the bad things that happened there and then the bad things that happened throughout my time in war had really nowhere to go and i knew about this place called new freedom farm they rescue mustangs from the wild and then they also rescue some other horses that were slaughter bound like on the trucks to go to a slaughterhouse because somebody didn't want them anymore and this place here is equine therapy peer-to-peer camaraderie um for veterans to hang out and create bonds with horses andrew met the farm owner and said he needed help she asked me if I wanted to spend some time with a horse at that, like right after our conversation, I was like, I'd love to. And I sat, I sat in a round pen with one of the Mustangs and I didn't do anything with him, but just sit there. I was relaxed. I was calm. And I did a lot of thinking. I was like looking at this horse, like, how can I touch you again? Like, I wish you could talk to me. Andrew was hooked. He became a fixture at the farm. I had lived not far from here and I um, so I'm permanently and totally disabled from injuries sustained in Iraq. So the, the military retired me. So I'm, I'm retired. You know, I don't have to go to a job every day. So I have devoted myself coming here all the time. One day, several months after Andrew had first started going to the New Freedom Farm, the owner drove down to Mississippi for a Mustang auction. Andrew stayed late at the farm waiting to help her with the horse she was getting when she came back. And then she came home with uh, two Mustangs instead of one. And I was like, what is this? And it was, she she picked out a Mustang, which was a two-year-old gelding that came out of Devil's Garden Plateau horse management area in the Modoc National Forest of California. And that's where he ran wild at, at one time. And she's like, I got you this Mustang. After the break, learn how Andrew and Blystein bonded. Tell me about your first meeting with Blystein. Yeah, so my first meeting with Blystein is he had came off the trailer after an 880-mile drive from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, from the adoption uh, here, still covered in dirt from being in the corrals when he was living out in the wild uh, after being captured. He was very skittish. Uh, I couldn't get close to him. He was skinny. He had mud caked all over him and dirt. It was just a dirty, nasty looking thing. By day three of just devoting all my time to him, I was able I was able to get to the point where um, so they have a tag that's wrapped around their neck when they're captured with their number. Right. And I was able to get that tag off. That bond was already starting to happen. It took a while for Andrew to gain Blystein's trust. This was really only the beginning. Horses aren't always like other pets when you're just safe with them immediately. It was powerful for Andrew knowing that this horse could be his match. Having a wild horse come to you and you want to get hands-on and create your bond and uh, eventually have some kind of relationship with it, it's an exhilarating feeling. It's an adrenaline pumper. Knowing that this horse could kill me was exhilarating and and, um, scary. Right. So not knowing the horse's reaction to everything that you do while you're trying to get closer to it really puts another perspective of how you're going to do it and what what road you're going to take to accomplish what you want to do with the horse. Wild is wild. Um, 
to take something from the wild and try to domesticate it when there's no language involved between man and horse. And, you know, it all leads to creating that bond and, and knowing, having that horse know that it can trust you. That's extreme importance. That means that wild horse in a short amount of time knew that I wasn't going to hurt him, knew that I was an honest person. And Andrew really needed that feeling because he had really been struggling with the aftermath of being sent to war three times. Yeah, so when you come home from overseas over a tour in Iraq, um, things are really stressful over there. Being gone for a long time, a lot of bad things happen. And when you come home and touch American soil again, like smell the fresh air, smell the freedom, it's um, it's very rewarding and um, heartfelt also when you get here. So when I got that Mustang and having him here in my presence, knowing that he's not going to have to suffer anymore, he's not going to have to survive in the wild to make it by and not have a long lifespan. It's, uh, it's rewarding to know that he is saved and I get to be his caretaker for the rest of my life. Tell me about your experience in the military. What was it actually like? I spent uh, a total of 21 weeks in my basic and AIT, which is advanced individual training for a scout in the U.S. Army. Um, I walked off the graduation stage. The day I graduated, I got onto an airplane. I flew to Texas, got orders, and within three weeks, I was on another plane headed overseas to Iraq. So I didn't. Wow. My Army life happened really, really fast. I went into Iraq during the time of the troop surge into Iraq. My unit that I had joined up with was already deployed for four months. They were already in Iraq and they had taken five KIA. So out of 40 man team, five of them had been killed and I was coming in as a replacement. So all these people are already friends and buddies. And they had lost their buddies. And then here I come. I'm a nobody to them. You know, they don't know me. You know, I don't know them. Never trained with them. And now I'm in combat with them straight out of basic training. And they're like, so it was kind of, it was really hard to make a, make a friendship in the beginning. So none of that was expected at all. At all. It was like, whoa. And then while I was there in August of 2007, August 22nd of 2007, I experienced my first death. You know, my first combat buddy that I ser am serving with get killed so um never realized the realities of war until i was until all that happened you know i went on i went on the patrols and i did did the stuff that we did but it wasn't it, it was surreal until someone died and then it like it all clicked like oh i can i can die tomorrow i can die right now you know like so it kind of changed my whole demeanor of life from prior to being in the military. Military taught me a lot. I signed a, a blank check with my life for the United States government and America to fight for our freedom. I did live with survivors built for a long time. I had been in a IED explosions and lost some friends. So one should have been my vehicle and the other time I feel sometimes like I didn't react fast enough. So it, it, it hit home and it, it hurt, but I, I learned that life is very valuable and life can be over in a blink of an eye. We'll be right back. When he came back home for good, 
Andrew knew he needed to get help to deal with his trauma. Are there services out there? Is it easy when you you come home, you've been through all of that? You know, is it something easy you can just sign up for to get counseling sessions and easy to find? Or is it a lot of work or is it even available? Looking for help while you're in the service or out of the service is stereotyped by everybody around you, even your higher chain of command. And feeling stereotyped as a as a weak person for looking for help prevents a lot of soldiers to get help. So is it easy? Yes. There's a there's a lot out there to assist veterans and even active duty for mental health. A lot don't do it because of the stereotype of being a weaker person. But Andrew did. He saw psychiatrists, psychologists, and therapists. But none of that compares to the experience with Blystein. What the forces have taught me is specifically for the Mustang, what we have in common is that we have both been through troubled times and have overcome those troubled times. They were once survivors living in the wild. So I relate with a survivor that has to survive through each day, make it each day. And the emotional connection there is that, you know, if I'm feeling down, maybe I have high anxiety that day or I'm a little bit depressed, the horses recognize that and and they will sympathize with you. You can tell by the demeanor of their body language that they understand what you're going through. The emotional connection and being able to be with the horse in many times of feeling many ways is always beneficial because you learn about yourself by the horse's actions to you. Mustangs aren't like you just put a halter on them and go about your day and put them in a pasture. That's not that's not how it works. You have to take time to even get hands on them. So there's a lot of work up to getting them here and getting them settled into their area. I, I've learned to bring my whole entire soul, mind, body, and soul to a, a calm state of being to work with the horse, handle the horse, be with the horse, because they can sense all your energy. They can sense your anxiety. You can't work with a 1,600-pound animal if you're high-strung because they're going to sense that off of you. They're not going to do anything you want them to do, and they're not going to pair up with you. you. It'll just be you know, a hot mess is what you would say. And horses learn a specific way. Horses learn through yes and no, through pressure, through if you did it right, if they did it right, the way you wanted them to, but it had to be their idea type thing. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so you, uh, very quickly, you two built a bond. Um, wh- where do you go from there? What, what are the next steps? Like where, where do you take him from there? Yeah. So my next steps with Lysine is to continue with ground, groundwork and groundwork techniques. Um, my ultimate goal is to have him be a completely solid therapy horse for myself or for any other veteran that comes around and needs needs a horse to cry on you know us humans we say oh i got a shoulder to cry on sometimes it just feels good to put your head against that horse and just let let the tears roll you know and they understand um another great thing about horses too is that being within a distance of a horse after a four minute time period their heart rate will match your heart rate I'm happy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm ha- I, I don't think I was ever really happy. Uh, and I'm happy now. And I have something to look forward to every day. That's not really how I ever felt. Like, I'm, I'm very positive. You know, I don't have 
negative days i get asked sometimes by people that have come through and like how do you stay so positive like it, it just kind of i don't i don't know how i stay so positive but I, but i am and it and it feels good especially when i'm working with my horse and everybody calls me a horse whisperer i'm like i'm not a horse whisperer i just i've just created this bond and it's it's crazy i don't it's really hard to explain now andrew's sharing that happiness with others so being a veteran mentor it's a challenge um all veterans go through their own things you know a lot of times i i have been there and i have similar feelings of what they went through or been in the shoes before so i can relate a lot closer than you know an average uh, therapist that someone that's never done anything that that a soldier has done before but it's also very rewarding especially when you connect with another veteran and they they start talking to you more coming out more opening up more um feeling better about themselves and and moving forward with their life rather than getting stuck on something too long or having suicidal ideations and if there's any way to help stop that and bring in a horse and the, the characteristics and the being of a horse that can help the human the veteran then that's what that's what I'm here to do if uh, Blystein could understand everything you were saying 100% of what you said what would you tell him yeah, I would. I would definitely. If if Blystein could understand every word that I said in human terms, English, I would say, "I love you and thank you for saving my life." So there's a story, right? Why I named him Blystein. So Theodore Roosevelt was a cavalryman in the military. I.e., I was a cavalryman in the military, and he was a horse enthusiast as well. He had a good friend named George Blystein that had gifted him a horse, and it became one of Roosevelt's prized favorite horses. And he wrote a letter to George Blystein and, and quoted that this is the greatest gift that I have ever received. I'm talking about the horse, and he named his horse Blystein. So it only matched pair and pair for me to name my horse Blystein, as he was one of the greatest gifts I've received. I also asked Andrew what Blystein would say to him. He would say, you got a shoulder to lean on. (laughs) I got your back, you got mine. Learn more about Freedom Farm on Facebook or at newfreedomfarm.org. You can follow Andrew and Blystein on Instagram at drewski19d. That's D-R-E-W-S-K-I the number one, the number nine, D. Hey, thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can hear next week's episode as soon as it comes out. I'm Rocky Kanaka, and this is An Animal Saved My Life. 